I'm a go-getter. It's the Go-Getter Podcast with Jay Black. He's on a mission to change the world. Success is the only option. Goals give direction. Goals will save your life. Listen to me when I tell you this. When you're tired of being tired, that's what change will occur in your life. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You are who you surround yourself with. I need you to change your environment. So instead of going to a concert, let's go to a seminar. Yes, invest in professional development. I need you to change your circle. If you're going to think, think big. Adapt to go-getter mentality. My mindset is, since I'm here, why not be the greatest ever? It's a win-win situation. Since say you don't make it to be the greatest ever, you'll just be known as one of the greats. It's about creating separation. I got your back. Ride with me. Success is the only option. What up, world? Yeah, it's your boy Jay Black. Every day I'm grinding the greatness. I'm a go-getter. Let's get straight to it. I'm excited. Yeah, now the guest I got in the building today got them three words coming again. I'm excited. Yeah, so I got John Dale Aaliyah in the building, but check this out. Y'all need to know who this guy is. I need you to put some respect on his name. So, he's an Aqua Arts Alive and Night Arts Challenge award-winning playwright, actor, and musician. He is artistic director of the nationally recognized theater company, Masu Productions. With Masu, John has produced eight plays in the past nine years that received numerous accolades locally and nationally. So, John, say what's up to the people. What's up? So yes, welcome to the Go Get a Podcast with Jay Black. Now I know I got some new viewers, listeners, so I gotta make sure y'all understand where y'all at. Now Go Getter, what's a Go Getter? I'm glad y'all asked. So my logo sums up my message. And today you can see I'm Go Getter down from the head to the feet, literally. Go Get a hat, Go Get a shirt, Go Get a jogger pants. Even got some Go Get a shoes. Oh y'all don't believe me? Hold on, y'all they don't believe me. They don't believe me. Hold on, hold on, man. I'm not playing no games. I'm a Go Getter. <laughs> and on the tongue it says, I'm excited. Yeah. So let's get to go get it. So my logo sums up my message. One finger to the brain, one to the sky. So I'm saying this with the right mindset. You go to the top. I put the red check next to the brain because everything starts with the mind and it takes blood, sweat, and tears to achieve goals. You're a goal getter. I'm a goal getter. Success is the only option. Let me break it down further because the person I got to in the building today, everything about him says success is the only option. And with COVID-19, the pandemic, I need, you, need y'all to really receive go-getter. See, a go-getter grinds to greatness every day, aims to be the best version of themselves every day, understands that adversity is a part of the journey to success. So we embrace it. We never give up. Success is the only option. Everything about my guest says success is the only option. So welcome to the Go-Getter Podcast with Jay Black. And I got to ask y'all this before we jump into John. Have y'all been doing the exercises? Now, exercises, for those that's new to the program, you're saying, what are that? Well, as you know, we live in a very cold, dark world. I think it's very important that you be the first person to speak life into yourself. So this is a great mental exercise, great way to start your day. So when you first wake up, I need three positive thoughts. I'll share a few of mine with you. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Be a great husband. Be a great father. Listen, when you first wake up, at least three positive thoughts. You can do more, though. Now, from there, you should be going to the restroom, brushing your teeth, washing your face. If not, we have a problem. But while you're in the restroom, look at that person you see in the mirror. I need you to say, I am great. I am a winner. Success is the only option. 
So try that out. I'm telling you, it's a great way to start your day because you got to be the first person to speak life into yourself because as you all know, people in the world will tell you what you can't do. Even if you look at the word can't, you take that T off, it says can. That's right. You can do anything you put your mind to. So, John, we're going to jump so, right into it. All right. Theater. Okay. Theater. What attracted you to theater? What attracted me to theater? You know, well, honestly, um, when my sister, who's also a theater artist, okay. um, when we were younger, we would um, entertain each other by, um, by um, memorizing parts of movies. Now, you, you know, say younger. I want to know what age were you thinking my, about talking about? Um, like, like, we're like uh, eight, nine. Okay. Eight, nine. Uh, so we would watch, like, The Color Purple. Okay. And we would, like, uh, memorize certain scenes. We would perform these scenes, you know. Uh -huh. We'd um, And then that, that turned into us, like, writing little monologues to um, entertain each other, you know. Okay. And then um, we went to school, of course. You know, there was, like, a, a high school musical, you know. So then we got into that. And then when it was time to go to college, of course, you know, it was like, well, what am I going to major in? Well, theater. Right. You know. So that's pretty much that journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now... Since we're right there in that lane for as theater, okay, so plays, plays. You say you did like eight in the last nine years. Eight yeah, plays. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know what your Mount Rushmore of playwriters are. Who who are the, who is your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Baldwin. Okay. Um, Intozaki Shange, Samuel Beckett. Um, how many people on Rushmore? This is five. 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 It's okay. Um, well, we don't follow the rules, so you know whatever you feel is. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, so so we got Samuel Beckett, Enzo Taki, James Baldwin. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Shakespeare. Okay. I'm gonna say Shakespeare. And once um, um, you finish, I want you to tell us why too. Why each one of them? Yeah. Okay. So um, and then I'm gonna say uh, Susie Lloyd Parks. Okay. Susie Lloyd Parks. So Susie Lloyd, what 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 sparked the thing as far as with her? You know what? So one of the first. Um, plays that I had written that were about modern African-American life that was using the dialect of, of people I know, you know, my community, was a show she did called Top Dog Underdog. Okay. That won a, um, a Pulitzer, you know, which is like the one of the top prizes you can win as a, as a, as a, as a writer, as a playwright, as any kind of writer. Okay. So she won a Pulitzer. Um, so she won a Pulitzer speaking how we speak. So I think that was that was um, it was an attraction, and it was also um, evidence, right? That that you don't have to be someone else mm -hmm. to be great. You know, mm -hmm. you can that your story is great. Your story is um, your story is also as capable of telling the story of the human condition as anybody else's story, right? And I think what you said that right there, I think that's very important to actually highlight because. One of the open Winfrey's, you said the most powerful contribution you have to the world is your story. Yeah, absolutely. To truly be authentic. There's no need to lie. You need to be you because you never know what somebody else is going through. And they need your story. You don't need that's, sugar, sugarcoat nothing. So that's, that's very right. powerful. So that's Susie. Uh, Samuel Beckett. Um, you know, so he is a writer who wrote a show called Waiting for Godot. Say it again. Waiting for Godot. Okay. So it's just this abstract show. It's about these two men who are waiting for a, an undisclosed amount of time. They've been waiting before the show starts. Throughout the show, time moves really strangely, you know. But there's all these really dope ideas about life and, and death and God and birth and all this other stuff that happens throughout the duration of the show. Okay. Um, that really um, sort of expanded the limits of what theater could do, like of what was possible to do on stage. You know, you could really transport people into a, a world very, very, very unlike your own, mm. you know. 
um, and, but still at the same time explore these ideas, you know, that that are so central to our, our to our lives. Now, right there, I want to jump in because something I do on a regular, um, I'm not sure if you've used this, but you just talked about imagination, creating a world outside of what your reality is. Right, right. So with me, you know, just um, last night, you know, I was in Jamaica, you know, so I've been taking these mental vacations, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's dope. But sometimes you got to get away. So I went to Jamaica, man, I had a great time. You Astro know? journey. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that on the regular. Sometimes, you know, the day might be crazy. You know, I'm about to go to Jamaica. So I'd be like, you know, I don't know who I'm trying to go, but I do that on the regular. And it's mm -hmm. a great time to just mentally just get you out of here. And imagination is so powerful. Absolutely. Before, at the beginning stages, you know, um, you got to see it before you can go. You can achieve anything. You got to see it. So that's very, very important. That is so. You know, I want to. I want to get back to Rush more, but I, okay. I want to comment on something you just said about the imagination. Okay. So when I one of the earliest, this is not when I got into theater, but this is one of my first memories of theater was going to the Civic Theater to see Peter Pan. Okay. As a little kid, like and I can remember the lights going off. You know what I mean? In this room, first and foremost, is the Civic, so it's beautiful. So you right. already feel like you're transported, just walking into the room. Right. Then the lights go off, right? And then they come back on, and then suddenly you're not where you were before. You know what I mean? Suddenly you are in this place where anything can happen. Where so when I won this night challenge couple uh, years ago, one of the things that I wanted to do was, like, I really wanted to create theater. Now, COVID happened while we're, so this is still going to happen in the future, hopefully. Okay. But I wanted to be able to do, like, a show at the Arlington Plaza, right? Mm. Because I wanted those kids, those people in that community, that that's my community, right. I wanted them to be able to witness magic happen right in the middle uh, of the most mundane place that you're at every day. I wanted them to see the imagination transport, you know, mm -hmm. you into another world. You know what I mean? I think that's really, really, really important. And um, just that realm of the imagination and being able to communicate what you see, right. you know, in your mind and, and infect other people's minds and not only let bring them into your world, but also let them know that wherever is going on in their head, whatever their imaginations are, that that too can have a space. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's what theater does. Um, many, I think art does it, right? But right. My, my art or the art that we're talking about right now is theater. You now, know? I see that. You went to Kent State. I went to Kent State. And the subject, you said Pan-African Studies. That was the best. Now, how did that affect, your, affect you as a writer? Oh, man. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh. So it, it, it affected me majorly, majorly. Um, before I went to, I went to Akron U. That's where I started. Okay. So my theater training was at Akron U in terms of educational theater. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, it was a lot of, it was, it was, it was wonderful work. I had the chance to do it. You know, I got to read Samuel Beckett. I got to, you know, um, but honestly, what I'll say is that, the work did not reflect my life. Right. You know? Certainly the themes were universal, you know, but they didn't speak like me. They didn't. And I really, I, at that time specifically, I needed to see and hear people who were like me doing great things. Right. It was that simple. And so at some point I got tired of colorblind casting, which is like where, you know, you get into a play and like, well, race doesn't matter, so you're playing you know, the mayor of some town in 1912, and there's all these white people around, it's completely unrealistic because you would be lynched. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, realistically, but you know, right. but you get what they're trying to do, but you're like, well, where's my story? You know, but where's my perspective? Right. 
So uh, going to Kent State and majoring in Pan-African Studies was all about trying to figure out what is my story, you know? What is my perspective? Where am I coming from? And, and in that space, I was introduced to so much literature, so much so much um, that helped shape my perspective. It helped shape me as a writer. It helped me know what kinds of things I want to say. I mean, like even to this day when I'm writing, there's I'll still reference things that you know I would not have known, or or I would maybe have come about some other way, but it would have been some other way. You know. Now I gotta ask you this: as far as actor, you're an actor too. So do you, do you believe that actors are born? Do I believe or they, actors or can are born? Taught? I believe acting can be taught. But do you think some people recognize it later? This me just looking at different interviews as far as with actors. Right. Later, they didn't know it was always there, but once they actually got into that realm, as far as that field, they felt like it was always they was born to do it. Right. So, do you think with certain people they just born, they just got it that if actor then certain yeah you said it can be tough. Do you think is it a part of you to say maybe this was always there they just didn't recognize it? I when when I I know that for for me, like I said, other kids play video games, went outside. For me, it was all about reading scripts, acting, like watching See, movies, singing, um, music. You know, that was the way I played. That was the way my sister played. That was what we had. Um, so for me, I, I do think it was something that was... I come from a family of artists, you know? Okay. So I, I do think it was something in my DNA. However, I have seen people who um, have come off the street and... Maybe somebody in their life told them that they were theatrical, mm -hmm. you know, dramatic. So they're like, well, maybe I'll go try to be in the play, you know. And, um, you know, work, I've worked with them and I've watched them just develop from people who had no idea what this craft was to being beast. Right. So it goes both ways. It goes so, both ways. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, musician, I want to ask you this. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word music? Uh, Stevie Wonder. Mm. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Mm. So Stevie Wonder, what's the biggest thing you grab from Stevie Wonder in his music? You know what? Melody. Melody. The the thing that I love about Stevie Wonder is the way that he's able to uh to create the most optimistic melodies that make you feel so so positive and um so enlightened, you know. But he's able to create these chords that are also sadness, so that it's all there, right. the whole spectrum. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, it's it's really it's it's just a, a beautiful. It's beautiful. You so, know? would you agree that the most powerful music plays are the ones that's thought provoking and really touches your emotions? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the most I think the most impactful art right. is the art that reaches inside of you and touches you and uh, makes you feel. Because, you know, like, sometimes you work, you work, you work nine to five or whatever, you know. Right. And you can start to feel like, you know, I don't know, an insurance salesman, if that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You start to feel like that you are here to be, or even like a mother, or like you're a father, or like you're just, you know. But I think what art does is it, it brings us back to, like, you're a human being. Like, you're a human being with feelings and with a soul that, right. that needs to be talk to that needs to be caressed that needs to be reminded you know right so i think that that's what that's what the best art does it reminds us that we're that we're human and what that really means you know okay. in terms of our needs for connect connectivity with other people our, our need to uh to to go back and um 
our need to heal things that perhaps we've been putting off, we've been putting, you know, in the back, you know. So I want to ask you this because um, I believe definitely when you talk about plays and then the, the business side of it as far as marketing, I wanna, I'm interested to know the titles of your eight plays. Okay, so um, see. Then I'll go into Now I'm on the spot because you keep saying eight. I'm like, is it eight? I think it's eight. I <laughs> well, said give it was me a eight. Titles. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the titles. Okay. <laughs> then we'll find out if it's eight or not. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, so the first show I ever wrote was called Daybreak's Children. Um, and then there was a show called A Happening on Imperial. And then there was, um, or Does It Explode? Oh, Patrimia. Oh, Patrimia. That was another one. Uh, Blue Miss Billy. Um, Blue Miss Billy. Um, God in Earth. God in Earth? God in Earth. Um, Our Lady of Common Sorrows. So, there's seven. Okay. But you know what? I, I produced a few of those shows multiple times. Okay. But there's seven in total that I've So, written. God in Earth. That's curious. God in so Earth. what was that? So God and Earth is um, God and Earth is a part of the the. Um, you know what a five percent is? I heard that, but break it down for me. So uh, so okay, a five percent is basically um, it's it's a it's sort of like it's it's an offshoot. And Vince, you can you can help me out here because you know more about this than I am. He's an actual Muslim, okay. but I know it's an offshoot of the Nation of Islam. Okay. And um, so specifically, it's a group of, of black people who believe that black people are, were, that 5% of people are, are are chosen to be the righteous, right? And the rest of the, the 95% of people are chosen to follow. And so with the 5%, there's all sorts of uh, theologies and um, uh, spiritual mathematics. It gets really... Interesting. So with the play, how does so with the play, the play. So and one of the things that they believe is that um, man is God and woman is the earth, mm. right? That's what. A, so that's a part of the man belief. is God and woman man is, is God and woman is the earth, mm. right? And so um, in this particular play, what I was interested in was a particular character who followed the five percenter philosophies and ideas, and he. Um, and um, and basic. I mean, there's so much. That is being explored in a play, um, but basically it's about a man's mental health, a man coming to terms with um, his, his father's life and his father's death, and what it is to be a black man, and um, trying to, um, a family trying to deal with this particular person's mental health declining, you know, basically. Tell me what you said right there led to my next question, because I want to know your viewpoint. 2021, black man. How do you view it in 2021 through your eyes? Where, what a um, black man 2021. What, what, what do you mean? As far as how you view us, as far as our struggle, the world through through your eyes in 2021 through through a black man's eyes. Well, I think that it's the same dilemma that black men in America have had for a very long time, um, living with the realities of racism, with the realities of um, being dominated by white supremacy often, while also being a member of the first world, tremendously privileged, right? <laughs> um, a lot of the time, I think, um, trying to reconcile with the ways in which, you know, like sexism, 
you know, and uh, homophobia and all of the other kinds of ways that a person can be prejudiced are often in our hearts, right, while also still trying to fight for freedom, you know. Right. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think black men are in a, in a dilemma, you know. Okay. Yeah, I think the struggle, um, struggle will never end, but I think also when I look at as far as me just studying our history, I think we've come a long way, but we still got a long way to go. As far as right now, as far as entrepreneurs, as far as okay. there's so many, uh, as far as opportunity, we have so much opportunity. There's so much. I think far as with our generation, as far as changing narrative in our community, as far as the black man as a father, that's definitely uplifting as well. Absolutely. You know so as Absolutely. much as um, the struggle is, I think me, I'm just super optimist. I just know that it's a lot of opportunity. It's a lot of positive outlooks. I think uh, with me, I'm big on showing positive images as far as our people. That's why me, I'm always showing me and my wife. I want to show that image because I never had that coming up as far as a father in the household. I want to show as far as with, with kids, seeing um, the full spectrum, understanding that any, any relationship is going to be ups and downs. We got to teach them how to communicate, how to deal with different emotions. And I think something that's, that's killing us as well is the we're letting, we're letting schools raise our kids. Now, there's, there's, their school was to teach, but we had a conversation today. We was talking about, well, they don't really teach. What about life before slavery? Because, you know, it was life before slavery. That's right. You know, so I think there's too much pressure on the school. Yeah, the school, they're going to do their job. I think at home, the first school is home. And the black man, as far as us being a real disciplinary, us being a, a head of the household, with us in the house, it'll create a better community. Because that, that's something that's big. And I just look at it far as my standpoint, far as even with my young kings, my mentor program, Go Get an Academy. It's the power of a male voice, man. Even with me, I can tell you today right now, if you don't have confidence in yourself, no one have confidence in you. That was told to me when I was eight years old by mm -hmm. my coach Knight. You know, I was eight years old. I still remember that. You know, but that's a positive. A, a black man, I was very powerful in my life. As far as the extra mile, Coach Kino, you know, we'd be dead tired, you know what I'm saying, as far as regular football practice. But he wanted us to understand the power of the extra mile. As a black man, you got to work twice as hard. So we had to run this way big old lap. But he wanted to show us that you got to outwork everybody. And, and you're a black man, it's twice as hard. So I think the power of a black man is very, very um, important, okay. and we got to be more involved. So okay. I just me jumping in. I just want to see your viewpoint. I don't know if you have something else you want to say on that. Well, how do we? I'm, I, cause I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think mm -hmm. that there's also because you say you know it, it's uh, the the house runs better with a, a black man, and that right? Did you say that? I think basically? far as he with me, no, I had no example. So me. I'm just going common sense. Well, does it depend me, on... I'm in, my, I'm in my world, so we're 16 years together, you know, four kids. Uh -huh. So, I, me, I'm always in a constant state of reflection. I think about how I came up, just my mom, me and my sister, and I'm looking at how I'm doing things. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, certain things with my sister, you know, just, uh, she, I, was, I was her brother, but not her father. Right. So, with certain things, I'm so on my daughter. Three daughters and one son. Your wife went to East, right? I think I went yeah, to high school with Ashley, your wife. Yeah, I went to high school Ashley, with your wife. Yeah. Uh -huh. So... Me just looking at my, comparing, just, and I know I'm a part of, tw I got 20 different kids in my uh, mentor program. Right. So I know how to, the dynamic of a lot of different families. Right, right, right. So looking at my stance in my household, it's just a different type of feeling as far as when a woman says something, when a man says something. Even with the principles that I'm instilling, my mom did a great job, but at the same time, she's only one person. She, me, I was involved. You're talking about before, I've been in performing arts schools my whole life. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't be, all the white kids' parents was there, but my mom had to work. She wasn't there. Right. So, that that's what one thing that's important with me just having the two parents there because you can't one person can't do it all. You can't I, I agree with you. You can't be everywhere. So that that alone, just having two parents. Now, on the flip side, it has to be two parents that are focused on the same page. 
because mm-hmm. I've seen toxic situations too. Right. So this is going to a different subject, but I don't think people should stay together just for the kids' sake because it's unhealthy for the household too. Oh, absolutely. I, I think going back to um, something you said, I think that it's absolutely, absolutely beneficial to have a man in the house. But I think that what we got to start asking ourselves, but, but, but what man, but what does this man know, but what qualities does this man have? That's you know, Because oftentimes I think that, you know, in our, I think that many women in their efforts to have a man in the house frequently might bring the wrong one, the wrong one. So that's why I in the house. Yeah, it got to be the right one. He has to have right principles. Like with me, God is the foundation of everything. Right. I believe a family that prays together stay together. So, right. like I said, the structure, and it got to be the right, like I said, got to be the right uh, household and the right family, got to be on the same page. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a black and white question. It's right. not things that go into it. But Both I people have to know what their, what their values are. I think that a lot of times, especially, um, and I guess in the modern era, we don't really know what our values are. You know what I mean? We don't, you know, if we're not, before people went to church, I'm not, you know, necessarily saying that, you know, you have to be Christian or have go to church to have values. I'm just saying that because people, especially black people, typically went to church, those values were the center of your existence, was the center of your life. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas now, since that's not the case, a lot of times people haven't found the other methods outside of the church to really um, recollect and collect their values. So you have people who don't know what they value going yeah. into relationships with each other and then finding out only there right. that their and values clash. Right, never get example. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's that's definitely a, a subject and something we need to touch on too, before they can understand what healthy what a healthy relationship looks like. Right. And with me, uh, church is a bonus for me. You right. Because um, that's a long story, but I'll just say this: certain principles, as far as entrepreneurship, you know, um, I, I was taught when I was 18, 19 years old, and something that to this day I teach with Go Get Academy and even my household: eight steps to success. So number one, have a great attitude. Number two, be on time. If you're not early, you're late. Number three, be prepared mentally, physically. Four, now this is from a sales marketing aspect. Four, work until task is completed. Right. Five, work your territory correctly. Six, protect your attitude. Seven, know why you're here, where you're going. Eight, take control, customer situations, future. Mm-hmm. Now, I, even though I learned it from a sales marketing aspect, these principles that all of my kids are recite, and they're very, very important, and to my wife are on the same page. So it's very, very powerful, and it actually changes the whole dynamic. As far as even how my daughters and she's about to be 11 you know but um she had a situation at school and it was, I was it was amazing to see her but she knows number one is have a great attitude easy to start the day with a great attitude but number one and number six what happens when you face some adversity right being able to protect your attitude that's right because if you don't but number seven is going to keep everything in line if you know why you're here and where you're going it's easy to keep a great attitude and protect your attitude yeah, you know, that actually aligns with um, with Masu because, you know, we talk about the, the accomplishments and the writing the plays and theater and all that. That was a big part of it. But but honestly, when I was at Akron U, what I saw was that, for one thing, a lot of black kids who had desire to be in theater in some way, they didn't necessarily feel like there was a space for them in that particular department for multiple reasons. Um, one of the things that has been important in Masu since day one has – been um, to train, right? Because, you know, because I do have an educational background in theater, right. there are certain methods and techniques that um, that you that you learn. So trying to figure out how can I teach this to people who maybe who aren't 
in school who maybe aren't going to go, but they love this craft, you know. So that was always a big part of it, and that's something that we've done from day one. But outside of training for the stage, outside of acting training or training technical aspects of theater, I think that it's just that the most important thing, the most important way to be successful in anything in life is to, like, be on time, right? So holding people to standards, you know, creating a situation where people felt like they could be expressed and they were getting something that they wanted and that they wanted to work for and that they did not mind being held accountable for, you know, because a lot of times, and I feel in our communities, um, young people don't have enough of those type of, 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 of opportunities to learn accountability, you know. And accountability is very, very important. And I think something you said, I want to know what you feel about this guy. I feel like when you think of theater, you can't, you got to think of him. But one reason, the biggest thing why I love Tyler Perry is because something you said, people didn't feel they had a space. He yeah. didn't care about, he didn't wait for nobody, he took control. Yeah. That's the number eight, take control of your future. So um, what's your stance on really just with them plays? I don't think you really, what you, you got the idea, you wrote it, and you put it, you didn't really wait for nobody to take control, right? Or what's no, the situation? No, 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 no. So um, the first time I wrote a play, I had no idea that it would ever be uh, produced. I was just writing, you okay. know. And, um, but I'll say after I saw that it was a, a talent that was in me and it was something that moved people, mm-hmm. from there on out, I mean, me and my sister, we started this company together. Okay. And uh, Thread and Biomake, in case she's listening. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Love you, What's your sister's name? My name is, my sister's name is India. India, India. all right, India, India right Nicole now. We're going to make sure, because I want him to get in trouble later. So, yeah, we're going to make sure you get your moment of clarity. India. So, say her full name. Hey, we shout you out. And Therea, and Therea Mbaye-Make. She was okay. a good friend. We started together. Started together, okay. We no, we didn't wait for anybody. We, we, we did it. We did it big. <laughs> you know, the first show we did had like a cast of 20 people. Uh-huh. We put it off. We did it at Akron U. It was it was a huge success. So, yeah. See, I love, I love to hear stuff like that, you know, because um, in the world, it's, it's like we're told so much what we can't do and this and that. You got to follow these specific procedures. But no, if you got the gift, like you said, y'all been doing since y'all was eight years old. Absolutely. Going back and forth. So, really, I knew at that time, y'all was just really building up. Honoring the craft. And that's your yeah. honor. It's naturally in you. I think it's been naturally in you. Uh-huh. Uh, I do want to touch this before we wrap it up. Cleveland Public Theater Fellowship. Yes. Now, you went that. So how, let's talk about that process and how many people actually, how, how many did you win it over? Like, was a lot of people? They don't tell me. Well, I'm sure it's a lot. But no, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. It's a lot. Yeah. So what's the procedure as far as when you win? Did they call you or was, it, was that long wait or? Um, what was that procedure? Um, you know what? I didn't. I uh, so okay, so there's a a, a program called um, Test Flight. Okay. So basically, what happens is that there's like a whole festival of plays that are in their early stages, and um, I was one of those shows. I presented um, oh Entry Point. It's called Entry Point. Okay. Um, and I was I'm one of those those people presenting in that. I did a show called Our Lady of Common Sorrows about a young girl who gets pregnant. She believes it's by God. Chaos ensues. Um, so uh, we did one act of that show. Out of all the shows that were in that play, the uh, CPT decided that uh, my show was one of the shows, or the only show, that they were interested in taking to the next step. And so eventually what's going to happen is uh, we're working toward 
a world premiere of the show, you know, of okay. being able to do a big, fully, fully stage production. I don't know if y'all heard, he said world premiere. That's world right, world premiere. premiere. That's, what's up. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to give the people your social media uh, information to stay connected with you. Then my last question would be, what are some principles that you live by? Right. So, um, so how should I do this? I'll just I'll start with answering that question, and okay, then I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the principles I live by. It's real simple. Um, it's like the golden rule. You know what I mean? Um, do good. Do good. You know what good is. Try to do good all the time. You know, if I, I am a human being, right. I will fail. Right. I will forgive myself right. when I do that. But I, I lead with good intention. Right. You know. I lead with good intention. I try to assume the best intention of others. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very important. I I am focusing all the time on that um, quality of courage, right? Because uh, Maya Angelou said, courage is the most important of the virtues because it's the only virtue through which you can do all the other virtues consistently. It's going to take courage to be kind. It's going to take courage to you know be thoughtful it's going to take courage to you know be you know so um so i think those are the most important qualities that you know that i, I do try to live oh, by i love it i love it yeah i think with anything like you say courage it takes courage you could you be the most talented person in the world but if you got the courage to get on that stage nobody never know right so it's, yeah humility humility you know i think is important it's like I know that I am only, you know, I, I personally am a spiritual person, you right. know, and I, I know that I'm only here by the grace of God. I know that anything that I am doing, anything that I'm creating, anything that's coming out of my mouth, the breath that I breathe, right. is, is because of someone higher than me who right. has, you know, appointed me into this life. So those are the most important things to me. And that right there, even like Jay Thank, how you just so excited all the time? Well, that statement right there, see, I'm conscious of the fact that 151,000 people die every day. That's yeah, 151,000 right. dreams cut short. So understand, every day I wake up, it's a gift. And I feel it's disrespectful to God not to open up my gift with passion. See, boy, J. Black is always excited. And I'm making every, not just day, but every second count. Because I'm a go-getter. And I want to make up. my mark. You know? So I believe that we all have a purpose. You know, I think um, something I wanted to say with you being on the show and you being in that realm as far as just entertainment industry. One point that's that's been always powerful with me is when the fact that our stories are way bigger than us. And with you being on stage and doing everything you do, you never know who's really watching you. Definitely right. in the social media age. But if it wasn't even for somebody just talking, as I mentioned Oprah earlier, but Tyler Perry was watching the Oprah Winfrey show and they were saying it's therapeutic to write down your pain. Mm -hmm. That's how I became a writer. Right. So it's very important for the people out there to make sure that you had the courage to go after your dream, your goal, because it can inspire somebody else on their journey. You never know who you're inspiring. And Oprah, she inspired a, a billionaire. The guy that's making, he'll never get paid what he's worth as far as the impact he's made on the world, you know, because he's, he's a, definitely a, a guy that's way better than the acting and the playwright stuff, but as a businessman, just very impactful and inspiring. So, and I think you're definitely um, a living legend. You know, I'm glad you made it today. Um, definitely, I'm looking forward to the world premiere. So, definitely keep me in contact with that. I definitely want to promote everything you got going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So, I want to wrap it up because you do got great energy. I want you to repeat after me. We're going to do some positive affirmations. All right. So we need y'all to have the courage to go after what y'all want in life. Okay, so let's do it. I am great. I am great. I am a winner. I am a winner. Success. Success. Is. Is. The only. The only. Option. Option. So I hope you enjoyed the Go <laughs> Podcast with Jay Black. Make sure that you smile and laugh more. It adds years to your life. I also want you to understand this. 
When you look at the word impossible, it says I'm possible. So never let anyone tell you what you can't do. And I also got to shout out my young, got two young kings, go get an academy. So what we do, we do something called a behavior ranking every week. So the young kings and young queens, they give me a number. Now one is being terrible, 10 is being great. Now you can't just be a goal getter with me. So with me, uh, as far as our meetings, also with the at home behavior and online schooling, you gotta make sure that your behavior is on point. So we had two individuals, you know, um, Treshawn, he's been struggling at home. Um, he's been getting like four or five. So he actually got a 10 this week. So I wanna shout out Treshawn, Treshawn Bamper. Also wanna shout out Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah, you know, um, definitely a great young king. You know, unfortunately, you know, he lost his dad to COVID. Um, he's been doing a lot of, uh, going through a tough time. You know, his mom reported that he got a 10 plus. So he went above and beyond. That's the goal get a mentality. You know, we go above and beyond. So I want to shout out to the two young kings. Y'all doing a great job. Keep up the great work. And my young queens at Goal Get Academy, y'all doing a great job too. So I want to shout them out. And uh, before I leave, before I leave, I also got to make sure I understand this. I got that new shipment coming soon. So my first book, you know, Goals Give Direction. Goal Setting with Strong Faith, Rad to Victor Superpower. Shipment is on the way. So if you haven't already, make sure you go to jblackinspires.com. Make sure you get that. It's on the way. And also, go get a clothing, you know, motivational brand. Go to the website, jblackinspires.com. Got some new gear. I even got a go get a pillow. So I want you to think about your goals when you sleep. Now, before I wrap it up, is there one more thing you want to say? John Dale Aaliyah on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Also, uh, Masu Productions. Um, you can also find us at masuproductions.com. Okay, great. So, I love and believe in you. And always remember, always remember, always remember. Only person that can stop you is you. Yes. It's the Go Get a Podcast with Jay Black. Stay excited and connected. www.jblackinspires.com. <laughs>